the fun. We're bringing the thunder. We are thunder. Flesh and blood down under. Woo! Wow. <laughs> Team. I have to drag him out of bed, guys. <laughs> it's been a long night. The professor in the house. Welcome. Thank Welcome. you so much. It's a pleasure to be here in Australia, in this lovely country of yours. <laughs> I, I really want to thank you for flying me out here to be on your podcast. Uh, I didn't request the first class tickets, but they were appreciated. No, no, we're very generous yeah, that way. No, yeah. I, I was just like, wow, that's that's some real bankroll. But I know, I know the podcast numbers are really uh, bringing it in for Massive. you. Yeah. So it's nice for you to share the wealth. Yeah, but yeah, isn't there an event happening in San Jose this weekend? No, no, oh, oh, is the event? Isn't there <laughs> oh, an event? No. oh no, the event. <laughs> oh, I, I literally told James White I would be there. Oh, oh I'll, I'll get you back. This is embarrassing. Can I borrow your private jet? Mine? Yeah. Uh, it's his. He's the he's the Gucci model over yeah, here. Yeah, but your, pro, your personal private jet is a lot nicer Sorry, okay, than his. Fine. <laughs> the one he lends out to everybody. has got coffee stains everywhere. It's it's really Man, really I wish. I wish. Okay. Uh, we, we're very honored to have you. It's we we were lucky here. enough to have a dinner with you last night with yes. a whole bunch of um yeah. very cool people. Yeah. We were at the uh, Flesh and Blood... Uh, uh, not quite after party because the event's still going on, but it yes. was a lovely little reception hosted by James White and got to do uh, a, a really lovely evening. Yes. So um, we've got you for about an hour before your flight. So yes. really thank you for taking the time. My pleasure. Um, Paul's hungover, so if, if he falls asleep or throws up, please. <laughs> That's not happening. <laughs> I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. Okay. My favorite ever magic sleeves. KMC's. Uh, it was all because of you. Way back when, before the face reveal, wow. I was watching your stuff. You are a long time ago. You are very old. All my <laughs> early informed yeah. purchases was because of you. Those were the days before KMC itself uh, fell off. A yeah, cliff. amazing. Like I'm just surreal. We met in 2017, long time ago at the Grand Prix. It was a big Grand Prix multi day event. I've seen the photo. Yeah, my wife and I flew over there, and Brian was very gracious to chat to us. And a lot's changed since then. 2017. Uh, yeah, 2017. So I would have been then at about not even five years into mm. the channel. I started in 2013. So yes. that would have been my fourth year. I was probably still working. I was still teaching as well as doing the channel part-time. So that's that's going way back. Deep cut. Did you ever think that, you know, you're teaching, you're doing part-time. Was there a moment when you knew that this is going to be your full-time thing? Was it a light bulb moment or was it a numbers thing? Or There was a moment where I knew it would never happen because I remember very clearly when the channel was making some money and I had already, I think, I had already cut back on a, a class or two. No, this was even before that. This was before, I think, the Patreon. So I was making maybe $500 a month in ad revenue and... I got paid about $500 a class, and I'm teaching five classes. So I, I was saying to myself, this is pretty much bringing in one class, one class. And I said, all right, let me look at what my views are. Even though it isn't an exact one-to-one, -one, I would need to have five times the views that I have now on videos and overall to be able to leave academia for just being a YouTuber, and the number was ludicrous to me uh, that I would ever achieve that much. And so I was just like, nope, this will never happen. Maybe my goal would be to be able to leave one of the districts and drop two, maybe three of those classes. But I still was like, that's two times the views, three times the views. I didn't know how that was feasible. And this was before I started the Patreon where that's what made it feasible, of course, because the YouTube ad revenue does not even scale in that way. Mm. Like making double the views <laughs> isn't double the money uh, uh, by any long stretch of the imagination. And so that was not long after that, I think, that I came up with the idea of saying, well, what if people could maybe chip in and, and help subsidize the YouTube ad revenue to a point that I could leave those classes. So I remember that moment, though, calculating it in my class while they watched a movie. <laughs> and, and thinking, never, never, ever. Because I remember way back when, before the face reveal, you were like the review guy. That was your, you know, yeah. really high quality, you know, reviews, honest reviews. And it was great. It was a great tool for TCG players. Yes, when did you, was it a conscious thing to do the face reveal and sort of 
you know, was that what I, made I never, you? Was it feedback? No, you, no. I, I I started showing up on camera uh, uh, around year one. Yeah. Uh, it was not. I did not do an official face reveal video necessarily. I, I was conscious of the fact that I had not been on camera, mm. but that was really just because I was doing a guide to sleeves and I had positioned my camera uh, overhead looking down and showed the product images and talked into a uh, much cheaper than these lovely <laughs> microphones. And it just didn't really occur to me that I should be a presence in any other form than, than that. And as we approached the one year, it did occur to me that I wanted to do more than just product reviews. I wanted to do a skit, which is what I tied in with the, the one year. I had a, a little comedy skit, and then I also had uh, a thank you video where I, again, wanted to be on screen thanking uh, everybody, and those were the first two videos. They kind of were posted uh, within a week of each other, and I view them as both the official face reveal as it were, but uh, uh, that was me appearing on screen, and I remember one of the first comments was, I didn't know he was so old. <laughs> and the fact that that was now eight years ago depresses me even more. You didn't delete that particular comment? No, I, I, I highlighted it on screen. <laughs> I looked go. at my hands. Like, oh, no, I am old. But the passion developed, I remember you talked so fondly of your LGS. Yeah. You know, you, you love the, the owner there and, yep. you know, you talk We're about We're still that. friends. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. And, you know, you played a lot of magic, you know, in store and that. Is that what drew you to Flesh and Blood? The fact that it is about the LGS community-focused in-person play does it take you back to a time, you know, that 2012, 2013 sort of era of magic? Is that what drew you into Fab and why are you such a fan of it? I think in a lot of ways, many Magic the Gathering players are looking to go back to that time. I think that was really one of many heights of magic. And everybody's going to have their own little time scale of nostalgia and perfection within the game. But I do think a lot of players, both new and old at that time, recognized it as a special time where the wheels were turning just right, where mm -hmm. there was a, you know, no pun intended, magic in the air, uh, from GPs to in-store events and the way things were going and the way standard was, the way modern was. It was just right and that is in many ways i think driving a lot of sales of magic the gathering now is the reason why people are buying cards and secret layers that are modern staples when people aren't really playing in modern gps because they don't exist and <laughs> local game stores aren't running modern friday night magics but people are still attracted to this kind of pitch that that could exist and mm. yes for flesh and blood i want to return to that time and other people do too and i think that is very key to flesh and blood's mission statement i mean i know james white was a magic player and that was actually i believe the time and era that he was big in the game and he wants to rebuild it and recreate yes. it and, and instead of wizards of the coast abandoning and saying we don't need this it's too small for us mm. uh he wants to say this is the kingdom we want to rule yeah 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 no, that's, that's great. he said that publicly yeah. that's the era yeah that's that's when he met most of his lifelong friends, his yep. business partners now in LSS. Yeah. It was the golden age. Yeah. It was. Like, people like me even would fly to the other side of the world to play mill and eight rack bad decks in big <laughs> tournaments just because the energy. Yeah. The, 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 you know, everything about it. It was an amazing time. It, it was. It really was. What are your thoughts about Worlds being at our biggest event so far? Three um, years in. It, it's, it's very impressive. Uh, I think that there was definitely uh, uh, an unfortunate uh, booking of the venue. And, and, and it, it really, mm. I don't want to dwell on things like location as souring such a great experience, but it certainly didn't help. Yeah. Uh, uh, I was very surprised when I walked in that this venue had been chosen because it was far from appropriate for the prestige mm. and and joy of this event the event itself was great and i think walking in yesterday in particular when both worlds and the calling were going on and just seeing the packed seats uh and everybody just wanting to to, to get going and get playing and today we're doing the armory event and and all of this great stuff uh but it 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 definitely 
is interesting that it's all been building to this, and then we ended up in an abandoned airplane hangar uh, uh, for, no for worlds. With no ba- that, that to me, I yeah. walked on and, I, and it dawned on me, and it was actually. I don't want to like to like talk yeah. out of out of out of school, but you know, I, I did bump into James, and and he made he made a comment mm-hmm. about uh, 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 the venue being a bit of a uh, not what he had hoped. Uh, uh, I'm sure and, he used and more I, colorful I language him. as well. No, no, no. He was very. <laughs> I, I was just passing by, and I I did the polite thing because I, I agreed with him. But you know, I was like, mm. yeah, it's okay, like dirty floor or whatever. It's like that isn't a big deal, but. It was after he left. I then was like, "All right, I got to run into the bathroom. I'll be right back." <laughs> oh, no. And then I was just like, "Where's the bathroom? What, what do you mean? There's no bathrooms? There's going to be three thousand people here in ten minutes. <laughs> uh, 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 I have to walk back to my hotel room to use the bathroom or a porta potty." And I, 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 I'm I'm 43. I have I, every trip to the bathroom is an emergency. Like there's no such thing as a non-emergency trip. This is not an exaggeration. Yeah. So we're sitting down day one draft worlds. I start the draft and I'm like, okay, I kind of need to go to the bathroom. I'm getting old. I'm getting old, prof. And yeah. Do the draft. Build my deck really quickly. I'm like, right, I need to go to the bathroom. I run out the doors. There's a line about 30, 40 yeah. meters long. There's only five minutes left on the yeah. clock before yeah. round one starts. I run to the Marriott. Yeah. I legit... I ran to the Marriott, used their bathroom, and legged it back in all of like six minutes. I sit down at my table for the first round, just in time, sweating, panting, breathing. Like, where have you been? That, that's what I was worried about is the world's players. There's 100,000 on the line. Yeah. It was a bit and, awkward. And, and not being able to just pop into a bathroom quickly and... You know, because well, they're the ones that are also... Couple, they put a couple porta potties outside, yeah. right? That's not a solution. The thing is... I, I, this isn't your first ma- uh, fab event, is yeah. it? Did Mm-mm. you go to Vegas? I did. Vegas yeah. was glorious. Mm. It was so that's gorgeous. what I was going to say. This is well not run. common. It clean. It's not common. Yeah. yeah, no. And that was something I had missed some of the the, the, the recent larger events. Mm. And well, there was one in New Jersey not too long ago. France. France. I obviously didn't make that one. But I saw photos and it was, you know, again, up to what we would consider contemporary standards. So somewhere someone on the line made a boo-boo, but more so I think that it's safe to say all future events, they're going to know to ask questions such as, are there bathrooms? <laughs> uh, uh, and I think this is maybe just an unfortunate aspect of them being such a new game. Uh, it's unfortunate, too. They're working with people who have decades of experience doing this with Channel Fireball. I don't know that this was, you know, like under their purview, but mm. it seems like one of those cases where I can just picture James and a, a, a room of executives and maybe two people from Channel Fireball Skyped in, and he's just like, oh, so it's nobody's fault. Oh, so that's what you're telling me is that nobody's fault that 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 you all saw that there were no bathrooms and no one spoke up and said, hey, James, there's no bathrooms here just because it wasn't your direct department. You see something, you say something. God damn it. I, I know he's a very nice guy, but I just picture just like, 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 cool. I'm so glad nobody's responsible for this happening. You know, uh, uh, I definitely had a, 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 a thing like that with my, my business some mm. years ago where there was a, a, a financial issue and I have, you know, of course. It's I never anyone's a, fault. Yeah, no, I have to have a book a bookkeeper because we have a payroll. I have to have an accountant because it's far past the point of I can do my own taxes. I have to have a financial advisor. And, and there was an error that everybody spotted, but nobody spoke up because it technically wasn't their department. And so after it happened, they were like, well, I said, you didn't see this. And they said, well, of course we saw this. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't you say anything? It's like, well, that's technically their their problem, not mine. It's not my place to say anything. And and I imagine a very and I was pretty livid because it mm. was it was not not a good tax error. Like there is such a good thing as a tax error. Yeah. And and I would imagine it's a similar thing where James is like, so you didn't notice there's no bathrooms? Oh yeah, we noticed, but not my department. If it what? helps, if it helps to move on from this topic, because yes, yes. we have even limited time. Yes, I do know. I, I, well, the the most. I'm pretty sure it was on LSS's side, mm. but it's somebody that left the company quite a while ago. And this is some remnants of why, mm. like, the, you know, because sometimes you have someone in charge of something and you don't know the mess till, because this venue would have booked yonks ago. Yeah. And it's that kind of thing. And, and eventually when you find out it's too late to fix. Sure. But I'm pretty sure James was as surprised as we were. Oh that, yeah. I'm the, sure. the, like, I don't think they knew no, like knew till yeah. it was a bit too late. Yeah. 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 
I've just got yeah. yeah. I'm gonna. I want to pivot because it's going to tie into something Go. for Fab. But I'm really, really interested. Like getting back to the you know informing us on our purchases, reviewing all sorts of mm. things, sleeves, deck boxes, um, binders. You did that for years before the recent deck box. Yeah. Mm. I'm sure. Was that your number one question for years? Like you, you give him reviews. You, you know, so articulate in the way that you can describe things. You know what's a good product, what's not such a good product, price point, all that sort of sort of stuff. Was that your number one question that people would start uh, ask you? Is like, why don't you just make your own things? Like, yeah, did that- well, it, it it was definitely not number one, but it was a recurring question. Yeah. Says you're reviewing everything. Why don't you make your own? Yeah. And the answer is because I don't own a factory and I don't know how to design products and and I don't want to just stamp my logo on a, a cheap plastic mm. box. Uh, and this was a rare opportunity that presented itself. It was, it was a lot more stressful than than people I think realize. And there was a lot of people uh, who voiced, "Well, why don't you just do this? Why don't you just do this?" Mm. And it was like because there's contracts upon contracts mm. that have been signed uh, with my name on it that that have have writ certain things in stone. And it was uh, a, a beautiful thing to bring into the world, and it should be arriving for people as we projected uh, late February, and I can't wait for people to see it, but it was definitely not, I think people in this day and age imagine everything is just, oh, you go to www.tshirt.com, you upload a picture of your logo, they put it on a t-shirt, you select the color you want, and a machine stamps it out and sends it to you, and he just did this with the deck box, and it's like, no. Uh, We literally contracted factories that make deck boxes to produce this original design. We literally had an individual who designs products, designed this product to Mm. specifications and dimensions, and that was part of a contract that was... It was like, this is not just... People were just like, well, just make it red. Just make make a green one. Just offer a blue one. Just make one where there's... Why don't you just make one where the compartment is like this? And it's like, because it's not it's not www.deckbox.com design you know it's it's just it's so much more complicated than that to do it the the right, the way, right way and the hard way so it was definitely an eye-opening experience a stressful experience but in the end we got to hopefully bring a little little thing of beauty into the world so i've i've definitely backed it i have a few coming great very excited i hope you like and it. all the tokens the playmat yeah, like i went yeah. deep my question is as a backer when i get this kickstarter one when I get it in my hands, mm. February, is there a goal now that it's done or when it's done for this actually to end up in a store somewhere? Or You'll have to ask Gamegenic. They they do, as part of our working agreement, they do technically own the rights. So they can <clears throat> reproduce it with... They have the right, if they choose, mm. uh, to, without my logo uh, and image and name, mm. use that those dimensions and, and, and produce that deck box uh, and put it on their line. Now, that is a very different thing. It's one thing to say to them, hey, Gamegenic, like after the Kickstarter, which is what we did, we have 10,000 orders for it. Let's let's produce this and and such. It's a very different thing to be like, cool, we're going to now produce this, send it to game stores across the world, put it on shelves. It needs to sell in a certain amount of time. Do we have the confidence that mm. it will do that? Do, do we want it to be up there with other products? That is not anything I even can remotely understand. It's up to them. Uh, uh, if they were to put my logo on it, we would have a continued sort of arrangement. Uh, the idea has been floated, mm. mostly by people in the community, such as yourself. I, I'm sure they've heard it. I, I, we, we made a few passing comments about the potential, but as of now, honestly, there is no open dialogue between well, me it's and first them things about, first, I assume. Yeah, first things first is, is I think we will probably, you know... I'm sure I will have a phone call with them. <laughs> I'm sure I will have a phone call with them after the last box has shipped to, if nothing else, just say congratulations. And and from there, it's 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 going to initially be up to them if they want as a company to continue producing it. I have no desire as of this minute to do, say, another Kickstarter for a second round of it. <laughs> uh, 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 I did my thing. Uh, it was a journey, and and that thing is done. I, I very much respect you for that. I think yeah. Kickstarters are a one and done. If yeah. it was successful, the next step should be the proper commercial way to release a product. Probably. And and if you can do something with Game Genics and it's your branding and you make some 
money from it, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. Do you own any part of the designer? You contracted no. them? Yeah, so no. it's... So, so uh, that was one of the big things. Like I said early on, I don't have the ability to design a deck box. So I worked with uh, a man named Adrian uh, who actually designed a lot of my favorite products over the years throughout even multiple companies as he moved around. <laughs> he had worked at Ultimate Guard and made like the Boulder, which is one of my favorites. Mm. And then he, he, he everything at GameGenic, mm. I believe, or almost, I believe everything, it was designed by him at GameGenic. That was part of, they poached him from Ultimate Guard. They're like, this guy we want over here. We're going to give you a, a full control. And uh, he was like, describe to me what you want. He brought several designs. I rejected all of them. He looked so deflated. And, 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 and he like he did this whole presentation based on what I said, where he's like, I've got all these ideas. And I was like, no. And, and, and Was that a B minus? It was, <laughs> the it was early just, designs. They were, I said, these are all really cool. And I think that if you make them at GameGenic and they show up, you know, for me to review, they might be a products, but they're not what I want. And and so we talked more, and then we we came up with the academic, and and we did some changes to that, and we really liked it. But uh, a part of the agreement is that all that work that he's doing, which is indeed a lot of work, mm. means that he then owns that work. Because I didn't sit down and say compartment these dimensions, sketching out a blueprint and stuff. He did that work, and and so. Like he did that, and I did not technically pay him to do that work. Uh, uh, and so, part of that is that they own the box, but they can't print it with my logo without working with me. So that's that's where I, we. To we be ended. honest, if it's ever in stores without your logo, I think it'll always be known as the professor. You know? Sure, sure. <laughs> and and maybe that's what they want to do. And I, mm. I wish them well if they do. Yeah, yeah. And and that's great. If if this ends up being a thing where they're like, cool, and coming Christmas twenty twenty four is the academic, but just without my logo and and. And stuff that's awesome and i support that and and it has I, my blessing and and yeah i mean you probably already know this the i'm trying to remember what it's called the the game genics box that you reviewed where the there's a dice tray as mm -hmm. the lid yeah there's 500 that's the game's layer game, i believe i'm I'm, layer I'm a very this. hard person to sell to mm-hmm i i've been in sales marketing goes over my head i like to buy i don't like people selling to me yes watched your video ordered two of them that's awesome yeah just, yeah just so you know it's a, it's a great, there's a power it's in a that great product that re, but the but it's the review too if i saw the product in a store it's not even visually appealing to me the colors aren't visually appealing to me when you yeah. reviewed it and yeah. you actually did say about flesh and blood but equipment in here you like mm -hmm. i was like wait a second remember i brought uh, it yes. to our local armory yeah, and then our local brute player who rolls yep. the dice a lot. He's like, "Wait, it's a big deck box," and he bought one of me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 fantastic. Too big, even for my backpack, which yes. is why I'm excited for yours because it's the same quality, which the quality is fantastic, yes. but more for me to I can put in a much smaller bag. Well, the thing when is, I'm is just that this was really designed like more for flesh and blood than yes. Magic: The <laughs> Gathering in many ways. <laughs> because to me, the thing that really excites me is that the deck box, being as compact as it is, holds top loaders and yes. snap, and snap cases, uh, and so you can have equipment, all of your equipment in your top loaders in this and. I'm a big Blitz fan. Oh, um, yeah. I know there's a lot of like, you know, CC versus Blitz oh, I love stuff Blitz. going on. But what's great is, is you have your, your your classic constructed deck in the main compartment. And then those two removable compartments will hold a completely sleeved Blitz deck. I just tested this out again mm. with the ones. I just got a batch of, of, of products coming off the line to do quality assurance on and stuff. And I'm like, all right, we wanted to change those dimensions to give a little extra room for the Blitz decks. They fit. And I love the idea that you're at this thing and you might even just say to a friend, you want to get a Blitz game? I've got here, here's my, here's one Blitz deck. I'll pull out the second one and we've got our two favorite Blitz decks in here to just jam some rounds in between. I games. genuinely have yeah. this in three deck boxes. I have yep. now you two have Blitz all of decks, one deck the box. classic battle one yeah. sleeved in case a new player yeah, and, right. and they don't want to play something really... Yeah, like you don't want to I don't want all my legendaries. Yeah. Well, but also, I don't want my most overpowered Blitz <laughs> deck because that game's over in five minutes. Sure, sure, sure. So I give them an equal powered deck it's yeah, there. And it's that's, beautiful. I literally can't wait for that because I can just go to the armory with one box. Yep. Something very special was announced on Thursday night. Oh, yeah. Partnering with LSS. Yes. Is there 
anything that you can, I, I can spoil? Say, yeah, or? I can. Um, uh, so I'll say this. A lot of people, there was a, a thread on the Flesh and Blood subreddit uh, that said, oh, LSS is uh, sponsoring Tularian Community College next year. And I <clears throat> made a little post. I said, no, 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 let me correct this. This is not a sponsorship. I'm not sponsored by them. We are working together in a similar vein to the way I worked together, perhaps you might say, uh, uh, with GameGenic to produce uh, the the academic deck box. Uh, uh, we are working together on creating something, only it's not a Kickstarter, it's not an accessory, and it's something, a product, that will be at your local game stores. Because, of course, if we're talking Very about... Very exciting. If we're talking about actual game components, cards, things for Whoa. a game like Flesh and Blood, you know me, I would say it needs to be exclusively available at your local game store. Uh, and uh, so that is the most I'm allowed to say right now. Look, but it's, it's a product. When, when you're closer, please send us samples to review. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is, I will, I will... It's not an accessory. I'm very it's not intrigued. An accessory. That's amazing. Well, you know, you said to me at the start of this interview, uh, uh, people have said to you, you should do your own deck box. I've also reviewed products uh, yes. like, you know, in Magic the Gathering, everything from dual decks to event decks to Planeswalker decks. And no one's ever said you should design your own product uh, until James White called me up and, and, and had said, let's have a conversation. And that's this all I'll exciting. say. That's all I'll say. This is exciting. Is, is it... <clears throat> You've made videos like the even with my own friend right. circles, MTG people, LGS owners. When I was first looking into Fab, and you posted the pyramid, the OP structure, right, on your Facebook page. Yep. that's pretty much what sold me on Fab. Yeah, okay, last year around May, and do you think finally the wider community is starting to see this isn't a scam? This isn't some uh, yeah. you know to the moon like do you have, have have the wider community. Is it just a meme now, or do, do you think there's acceptance? Is this is actually a game created by a passionate yeah. company that you know wants to be about the community, or do you think there still is this genuine um, concern or fear or whatever it is that this is just a pump and dump? It's a scam. It's a pyramid scheme. I think that's faded. I, I actually like that. In many ways, we have turned nobody plays this game into a meme in mm. our favor. Like I posted some shots of, of the crowded, you know, convention hall and, and said, you know, quote unquote, nobody plays flesh and blood. And it got quite a lot of traction and lots of people uh, uh, have now said, people who don't play have said, I'm glad it's doing well, which of course yeah. is nice because even if you don't play a game, you don't necessarily wish harm. Like, like you don't maybe play Pokemon, but you don't say, man, I, I wish that would die out so that everyone who loves it can't play it. You don't <laughs> wish ill on another game in that sense. And so like, there's a lot of people saying, oh, that's really good for them. Really glad to see people are enjoying it. And then you get a lot of comments of, I really should check that out myself. Mm. Or maybe somebody said, I tried it. It wasn't for me, but I'm glad to see it's doing well. So I, I think we've done a really good uh, job of reclaiming that criticism and turning it into an advantage to emphasize that there there is a very strong, growing, passionate player base. I think now the biggest thing is you still do hear some concern about it just not lasting, but it's not about it being a pyramid scheme or mm. a pump and dump anymore. That's MetaZoo. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, that's, 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 yes. They're they're having that. Well, issue. it's closer to but, it yes. than Fab by far. Yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah. I mean, I don't mean I didn't mean to say that is MetaZoo. I meant to say that is what people are saying. Correct. About that's MetaZoo. what the perception if is. If I yeah. made a post about MetaZoo, it would be filled with comments of yes. this is a pump and dump. This is a thing. I don't think that's true of MetaZoo either, but that is their struggle and they are going to have to wrangle with that. I think Flesh and Blood has successfully that wrangled now, with yes. that. Yeah. And now the, the, the issue that Flesh and Blood has is it needs to continue growing past that point and not turn into a closed system mm. of like, we've got a good passionate you you see this in games like i think a really great example would be netrunner mm. netrunner had a passion has great game great game great and game. great community and they are passionate but the game stopped 
growing in yes. many ways. Now, it doesn't help that the company stopped making it, but in many ways, the company stopped making it because the game stopped growing. And what they had was, we've got our player base, and our player base is largely a closed system. Mm. Uh, it's the people who see how great this game is, love this game, show up to this game, but we aren't bringing new people in. And I, I really think Flesh and Blood's big thing is we need to continue uh, uh, enticing new players into the system. You need fresh people coming mm-hmm. in uh, uh, to continue growing because you don't want to become our. We've we've hit our peak of numbers. We're consistent. We're not dying, but but not growing isn't good either. You don't want to innovation. Stagnant. Yeah. So this is the main topic I want to get into for the last half hour, twenty minutes yeah. that we have you yeah. for. Um. I mentioned this over over coffee this morning. Mm-hmm. I'm a very small influencer in the space. Yes, in flesh and blood, I'm known by the majority of players, same as Paul. But mm-hmm. we have a couple of thousand subscribers. Like we're not yeah. we're micro influencers in in a in a small game. Yes, your videos on flesh and blood. I think the first one was a learn to play, which your lovely yep. wife helped you write the guide she, she to writes, play. She writes all the instructional scripts uh, uh, for. The channel typically, she's that's her area yeah. of expertise. You also made more recently, and I know there's a reason I'm bringing these up. The there's two years, or Flesh and Blood has two years left. Yes, until which, it has yeah, yeah. five years <laughs> until it's been around for I five years. That is one of my favorite yeah, videos, so clever mm. at all. Yeah, for the space. And then recently, I got a chuckle out of I know she posted a long video talking about magic and reprints and white yes. border, and then actually spent most of the video opening history back white border yeah. in what was essentially a magic video to begin with. Yeah. The reason I'm bringing all this up, those videos are actually some of the most viewed flesh and blood content that exists. Yes. Like, yes, our, our world's championship will probably get 20, 30,000 views. And for, for the space that's very high numbers, mm-hmm. you have a much broader audience. Yes. We had some questions from like Alex from, from Germany, who's one of the up and coming he's like a cinematographer type youtuber does amazing content did a flesh and blood documentary um for us and for everyone that will listen because a lot of the content creators watch this we spoke about growing the game Mm -hmm. lss can make the product Mm -hmm. they're never going to spend a hundred million dollars in advertising at the super bowl that's not how this space works the margins do not allow for that right what would you tell us because your content's amazing and you've been doing it for a long time what do you see we need to do as a community, as content creators, as influencers to grow the game, to to lower the friction entry point for new yeah. players? The first thing you need to do is you need to recognize that none of you are in competition with each other. And uh, I do not know uh, uh, what the vibes are within the uh, flesh and blood content creator community in that regard because I'm both removed from it being primarily Magic the Gathering and also because of my size. But I do know when I started in Magic the Gathering and when I was at a 1,000 subscribers and such, there was definitely a very large vibe of uh, a few members of the community who felt that you you can't all succeed and that in some ways you wanted there were some people who were trying to work against other creators and and all of that was is self-defeating it's not good we all rise together and the fact that i started at the same time as jimmy and josh of the command zone at as sam of ristic studies and and myriad other names that are now the biggest names in in magic content creation we started at the same time and we were not the ones who thought I need to convince people not to unsubscribe to to him or her so that they could subscribe Mm -hmm, to me instead. mm -hmm. That isn't how it works. We grow the space together. When Mm. you get people coming to YouTube, coming to podcasts, coming to uh, uh, whatever your platform is, to Twitch, whatever your platform is, to enjoy and seek out flesh and blood content, that means that when they are done viewing one person's, they need more. Because how long is your podcast? An hour? Uh, Well, I've got to do dishes for three hours, so I need something else. Yeah, right. I've got to fold laundry. I've got yeah. to do this. I want some content on. I've got to commute every day. And and you guys were great for Monday's commute, but I've got Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday's commute. And so I need more content. And so everybody is on the same team, big and small. That's why I always make an effort to, go, like, I do not just go on other large programs. That would be crazy. This is great to go on, you know, programs of all sizes, small, medium, and large, because we are all in the same uh, a boat and the rising tide rises uh, all of those boats. And so I really would urge everybody to say, hey, 
you know, this person over there that's doing box openings and I'm doing box openings or this person over there that's doing a podcast and I'm doing a podcast. They are not my competitor. They are not. We are both trying to have a vibrant audience. And if they tune in for me, when they're done with me, they'll tune in for them and vice versa. This is good stuff. It's also then going to my next one, why you do want to uh, uh, avoid things like toxicity mm -hmm. uh, because that can be a big turnoff for things. Anybody, you know, uh, uh, practicing hate speech or things like that. It's like, we do not want that associated. I don't see any of that in flesh and blood at all. Thank goodness. Uh, uh, magic had a dark past with that a little mm -hmm. bit. Flesh and blood in many ways is just light years ahead of magic. But getting past all of that, the biggest thing is rallying the community together. I think one thing I regret and I wish desperately I had done and I'm going to do it in my future videos is I should have uh, uh, reminded people about things like the Flesh and Blood subreddit. Uh, uh, people need and, and maybe found a few of the larger Flesh and Blood Discord channels mm. to list as well. People need a community to come to to talk to one another and say, hey, uh, I want to build a deck. I don't know what to build someone give me a hand and and things like reddit and discord communities are really great for this you you can't get that type of personalized help so much in the comment section of a youtube video someone posting on my video oh i wanted to try flesh and blood but i i, I don't really know where to start isn't going to get a lot of replies but someone making a post on the the flesh and blood subreddit or on a, a larger flesh and blood discord will and so i think that being able to unite all of these free-floating viewers and fans of flesh and blood under certain tents so that they can all communicate with each other and be a resource for each other is a very important thing so that people are getting hyped and excited over new sets, people are exploring old ones, things like that I think is very important. That's that's inspired me a little bit. I I just opened boxes, but I don't think we we, we in person in the flesh and blood do a lot of the community building or try yeah. bring people together yeah. draft in my lounge room right we tr we do that yeah but our content it's funny because sometimes we have to sacrifice content for playing and playing sure. for content oh yes um, oh it's very hard to balance yes I, I, it's very I, I still am confused <laughs> do I go to an armory tonight or make a video yeah uh, I think I might go to the armory Prof, I've got a favor to ask yes and maybe it's just a good video idea but what I'd like to see, because you are, your review content is some of your best. Yes. Maybe, uh, we have a lady called Melody in New Zealand. She's, mm -hmm. I wouldn't say she's an influencer, but she's one of the biggest names in Flesh and Blood. She's mm. a bubbly on <laughs> on Twitter and uh -huh. everyone loves her. Yes. Even Flesh and Blood gave her a content creator kit and everything, even yeah. though she's, she has a small YouTube channel, but it's like, that's not what she does. She's just right. a personality. Yes. I think she's made a list of all the Flesh and Blood content creators. Yes. I'm going to get the list to you. Yes. I'd love to see you. And when I say review, I'm not, I know you're, you're, you can be critical of product. You probably won't be critical of people no, unless I, they that, need I it. Would never no, be but I'd love, people. I'd yes. love you to see what exists yeah. and maybe make a video one day of going, you know what? I've checked these out. This is a comedy channel. This is an unboxing right, channel. Right. This one's good. That one's good. Watch this episode because I think. I, I've known for a while this is missing in our community because yes. even the YouTube algorithm and people have smaller sub numbers, the recommendations, it's more likely to recommend a big magic YouTuber after mm -hmm. a flesh and blood video than yeah. it is a flesh and blood one because it goes yeah. hard gaming. But someone like yourself talking about influencers, I'm not even talking about us. Your friend Kellen is one of our mm -hmm. biggest, if not the biggest flesh and blood content creator. Um, it's stuff like that. People discovering some of the yep. smaller channels that actually community build and do giveaways and Sloop Doop, who you met at the dinner, mm -hmm. he dresses like you for a reason, by <laughs> the way. <laughs> He's my favorite Flesh and Blood YouTuber. I yeah. can't imagine a fraction of your audience knows he exists. Right. But you, I, you yeah. do not... I, I, I would love that list, and I know a lot of the people on that list and, and that, but, but another thing I would say is don't feel tied to me doing the video you described, you do the video you described. Mm, yeah. Someone else do the video you described. Like when I was small, you can go back on my channel and look at it. I have a video 
that is called why you should check out, you know, Rustic mm. Studies uh, mm. from when we both had a couple thousand subscribers. Mm. I have a video uh, uh, collabing with the Command Zone. I have a video shouting out some other channels that are no longer with us. And I was small. You don't have to be large to shout out and support mm. one another. Um, like, again, that's also getting back to my point of you're not in competition. Yes. You doing an episode where you go over the other flesh and blood creators, that's showing your audience where the the other flesh and blood creators are you talking in a, a discord or in a group chat with these other creators and saying let's remember that we all rise together and and what are great collab opportunities what are ways we can have like just like you're doing here but i, I really want to emphasize there was no large creator who ever shouted me out mm. not mm. one uh there was no large creator who ever retweeted me and and i did not receive that nor did i need that mm. and a lot of times people latch on to this idea of the only way we're going to get big in content creation is, is if someone who is already big carries us up and i'm not saying that doesn't help when it happens but it isn't always a necessary part of it you can come together and it's kind of like well are you small and are those 12 other people small well together the 13 of you are large yes. and and so you know you you can take your own destiny into your hands in that way. Uh, your idea that you just had, don't hand it off to me. Do it. Mm -hmm. Organize No, it. you're right. Yeah, that make that strength. You know, I was t saying to you over uh, my first cup of coffee this morning how much I admired what Kellen at Red Zone Rogue is doing in building his channel and his community. Uh, he might be a fraction of my size, but his size is allowing him a nimbleness and a deftness that I cannot do. Yep. And what he is building in his community is something I, at my size, envy because I cannot do that these mm. days. And I look at what he's doing with great admiration and, and like I said, genuine envy. Yeah. Uh, uh, do not put your destiny on the backs of someone else and say, well, we just got to get this guy to tweet us out. That's and, and you know what? I can point to a million people I've tweeted out and retweeted and said you should go check out that are no longer, mm. you know, that, that went nowhere. We, and 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 that is not the required yeah. component. No, and we, yeah. we ha we've had guests on this show that like we yeah. want to start a YouTube channel. We right. send them traffic. They're yeah. not ready to start a no, YouTube no, channel. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and you, you mentioned two of the names that very much build the community. Like yeah. both of those guys are absolute legends. Like they jump into my streams when the when the time zones yeah. match up. Um that is one thing about the Flesh and Blood community to date so far. Very everyone's supportive. Yes. No no one's really um in competition that I feel anyway. I don't we don't see it that way. But uh, we um Paul and I funders a guest in person ninety nine percent of the time. Yeah. But we'll occasionally do it just him and I. And we actually struggle to find topics. Like we could talk for hours, but I think a good topic would be when we do our episodes is to, because we were talking about having sections is maybe just go content creator spotlight, try and sure. find someone that's there you go. You much smaller the, than us, right? but is doing good work. You and set just, the example too. Yeah. And then when you do that, someone else sees you doing that and yeah. go, Oh, I'm going to do that. And then suddenly you're, you're creating a, a competition for lifting each other yes. up. Yes, mm. it's a good place to be. Yeah. Imagine a professor having good ideas, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Do you miss teaching? Uh, I I miss the teaching component. With teaching, there's another component, which is the other side of the desk, the bureaucracy of it, the dealing with the administration, student learning outcomes, all this stuff that it was getting worse and worse when I was on the way out into YouTube. It was getting to a point where it wasn't even about the teaching anymore, where they were taking a lot of that agency from us and focusing on really terrible, like, like, like bureaucratic requirements that had no even involvement in what was, they couldn't care less what you were doing in the classroom, but they needed a lot of boxes, checked a lot of census stuff constantly going on. And, and it was very overwhelming and frustrating. And my wife still teaches and I see what she has to deal with. And I, not a day goes by that I say, I'm so glad I'm not dealing with that because I loved going into the classroom. I loved my work in the classroom, but all the growing requirements outside of the classroom that were coming on me from the administration were, were definitely killing the, the passion of being a teacher uh, for me. And so I, I do miss the conversations with students. I do miss the lessons I would 
offer students in my time in the classroom, yes, but not the job itself. The job was was going in a direction away from our goal is learning, our goal is teaching, uh, to our goal is to get them in, get them out, get them stamped, get funding for the college, mm. get this going on, and and it was just like I, I don't this is this is like feels like a corporation to me. Do you find the, the mm-hmm. content creation part itself? crosses over a bit you, well, you I mean, just I gave us some business. lessons yeah, to no, be yeah, honest yeah. i now i now have a business <laughs> yes. you know i now have employees i now have uh, a bookkeeper and <laughs> it's it's very interesting how my job is growing and expanding from just making a video to things like managing employees making mm. sure that you know they are taken care of and and uh, then bringing in income to be able to take care of them and and stuff like that. So it's it's actually very exciting because having done this now for nine years, this is I did not have any employees until just this year. This is my first year not being a hundred percent like essentially on my own, what? with a few small exceptions of I'd work with some people independently, mm. like as a like oh the, the, they helped edit this one video or two videos sort of thing. But for the most part, it was just me, and now I have on site staff and employees taking a lot of that up and uh it's very exciting that things now have changed that it isn't just like yeah doing the same thing i did last year which i did the same thing as i did the year before and now it's like oh wow new things to think about new problems new things to solve uh and so i very much have enjoyed it i want to mention um vince pleasant kenobi i only found him out through your channel oh lovely i've never played magic i've opened three packs of magic in my life I'm subscribed to him. His personality. He's fun. He's fun. Yeah, I got to meet him in Lil. Yes. Amazing guy. And he loves uh, Flesh and Blood as well. Which is what I was about to say too. Not that you need subscribers, but we you should get to a million at some point soon, we hope. That's the goal. <laughs> uh, current projection is... Uh, two years, I would love to make it one year to coincide with my 10-year, but yeah. I don't know that I can do well, that. Well, what I was going to say is I think a lot of people are unaware how much of involvement you have in Flesh and Blood, and it's growing. Yeah. Um. So... To our small audience, subscribe to the professors. Definitely more flesh and blood content. We had a question on Twitter about the shuffle up and play. Yes, for flesh and blood, is that coming? It is coming. Uh, I can't I wait. Want to, I want to do that. There's. Uh, uh, I don't want to. I, I don't. Don't want to let the genie out of the bottle. We're working on. We want it to be a very spectacular episode. It. It may not be necessarily what a lot of people are are hoping for in terms of a showcase of the most competitive way to play uh uh shuffle up is, is in many ways a more social experience and so we might be looking at how would you show more social interaction in a game of flesh and blood and mm. if you play flesh and blood and know about the various formats you might be thinking about you know uh what direction we're headed but uh i would hope to be able to 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 do that episode and have it up again sometime in the first couple months of next year but uh shuffle up takes a long time to edit. Like the episode that's coming up on our next Monday is an episode we've been working on for like well over a month Whoa. because there's a lot of editing involved. And so we're probably not going to be able to film the Flesh and Blood shuffle up until January. So maybe with a little bit of hard work, we can get it up in February. I can't wait. I, I love that. Again, yeah. I watch some of the magic content because it's well edited. You see the cards, things are explained. Yeah. And I can follow along as a non-player. And that's for Flesh and Blood, I know how good that's going to be for players, potentially from other card games that watch it and they can follow along and it's entertaining. And then perhaps we'll try the game. Again, mm-hmm. less friction is good. If you are looking for some really highly produced uh, uh, Flesh and Blood gameplay that is a little bit more towards the competitive showcase, you can totally check out Blade Break, uh, which the Spike Feeders have a completely separate channel for, and they have some really well-produced, high-quality cameras, high-quality footage, and high-quality gameplay of Flesh and Blood matches. Yeah. Uh, it's a very underrated show. doesn't really pull in the views. It's a sort of thing I, I wish the community could support more because at a certain point you know like like them continuing to produce that and do that is vital yep. and so that's that's definitely something i would shout out to check out i know we're running short on time so this I is the last question just a couple of things yeah. um where do you see the future of the tcg landscape we're moving into more and more of yeah. a digital landscape every year where do you see it prof in the well, future how I, do you see things playing out i know it's very hard next five years like 
Do you see Magic just totally taking a different track and these, you know, plethora of Kickstarters coming through or are they going to wash out and it's just going to be the big three? Where do you see the future of the LGS, the TCGs, the whole landscape of the fabric? I know it's pretty open-ended, but please, I'd love to hear your thoughts. If we're talking the next five to ten years, yep. Magic will always be number one. Yep. It's not dying, nor will it die, nor will it fall and be replaced by anything from uh, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon to Flesh and Blood. But this is what I'm going to say. There are other metrics for success than mm-hmm. sales alone. And in that regard, there are many other metrics that other card games, Flesh and Blood obviously being the big one on the list, and others, such as some of those new ones like like the Kickstarters you've been talking about, Sorcery, mm-hmm. things like that. There are other metrics for success, and Magic will not achieve those metrics for success. Games like Flesh and Blood will. Games such as Newcomers to the Scene will. And that's what's going to happen, is that the space is going to continue to expand and grow, and in that growth, develop new metrics for success, and they are metrics that Magic will not be able to win. Uh, uh, and right off the bat is things such as the the, 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 the the competitive play and the environment that Flesh and Blood is developing. Magic has not only walked away from that, but they dismantled it. They cannot rebuild it. They cannot just say one day, ah, Flesh and Blood, they're, they're basically, they're doing what we used to do with the GP circuit. We should just do that so that they can't do that. Sure, that'd be smart. Too bad you took it apart. It's not there for you anymore. You'd have to rebuild it from the ground up, and uh, you're not capable of that because the people who were doing that, you fired or left. Uh, uh, it's gone. It's done. You can't just pick that up again. Mm. And and uh, there are a, a wide variety of areas that games like Flesh and Blood will be number one at that are in addition to just flat sales. Great. Magic is is making more money every year than the year before. If that's its only metric for success, ask yourself what happens the first year that they make the same amount of money that they made last year. Mm. When Hasbro's in charge, that's considered a failure. Yeah. Mm. There may if if this year, 2000 let's say 2023, they make more money than 2022, which is a year they made more money than 2021. If in 2024 they make the same amount of money as 2023, they'll view that as a failure, even though that's so much money. Yeah. And as soon as that happens, what is going to be Hasbro's response? What is going to be uh, the executives at Watsi's response? They're in a bad position when those are their metrics for success, whereas with Flesh and Blood... Uh, being a true indie company, they are capable of navigating that and saying, well, you know, it looks like this was a cool year. Uh, We still made more money in 2024 than we did in 2021 and 2022. We're we're the ones who are making the decisions. We're going to rate success in other areas. So I think it'll be very interesting. Very interesting indeed. We're going to end it there. Yeah, we really appreciate coming. Yeah, thank, thank you so you much so for much. having me. We've got to get you to the airport, pleasure. and yeah. you're you're on time more than on time. All so right. yeah, I got to fly back to San Jose to get to day day two of uh, 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 the calling here. And that's Jose. right. Welcome to Australia. Yeah, Thanks yeah, for yeah. coming. Come back anytime. <laughs> yeah. We had a bar. Yeah, we have got the sausages on the barbie. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Good eye, mates. Good eye. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thanks, Brian. All right, guys, Thanks. see you on the next one. Pleasure. Cheers.